Hello and welcome to episode 147 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast. Yes, being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight we're asking a question, what else is there to do in Florida? Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And not a lot of travel in the last couple weeks, some day trips, but nothing out of the ordinary. So we're going to jump right into tonight's topic, asking the question, what else is there to do in Florida? And the reason, well, if you didn't know, most all of the major Florida theme parks are now requiring masks for entry. And for some of you out there, that might indicate or be an indicator to look for a new Florida vacation alternative. And then in addition to that, earlier this month, Disney released their Star Wars themed galactic showcase, staircase, starcase, whatever they're calling it, hotel pricing. And if you've listened to any of the episodes, you know that I did not receive the Star Wars chip when I was born. I know most of the characters I know the general theme, but I have never seen any of the movies or the Star Wars movies. I remember when it first came out, I thought it was kind of cool. Then fast forward to 20 or 30 years and you find out the first movie was really the sixth movie and the trilogy, prequel, sequel, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely too confusing for me. But anyway, Disney has released their Star Wars themed Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel pricing. And get this, it's a two night stay. And for two guests in a single cabin, the price is $4,809. Three guests, which is two adults and one child, $5,299. And then my favorite package is the four guests, which is three adults and one child. I don't know how you do the math on that. But for $5,999, four of you can stay two nights at the Star Wars-themed Galactic Star Cruise Hotel. And while that is a very high ticket to pay or high price, have no fear because all your entertainment, food, and beverages are included. Mark my words, make no doubt about it. People will absolutely flock to this. So yes, it's possible that even your wallet might be looking for some Florida vacation alternatives. And so that was the reason for tonight's topic. What else is there to do in Florida? By now, if you've listened to any of the episodes, you know that I love numbers. So here's some for you. In 2019, there were over 21 million people actually living in the state of Florida. And since this is God's waiting room, that number probably fluctuates on a daily, possibly hourly basis. Also in 2019, Florida had 131 million visitors. So yes, the visitors outnumber the residents. Last year in 2020, Florida had 86 million visitors. Not bad for a off year or the year of the pandemic. And as of May 2021 this year, there are over 455,000 hotel and motel rooms spread across 4,200 different properties. And many of you may not know this, but Florida is home to numerous conventions. And I bet you didn't know that the Orange County Convention Center or the OCCC is one of the top 20 largest convention centers in the world. And I think there's only two of them here in the United States. I believe the other one is in Chicago. But from the OCCC website, 
it states that approximately a $3 billion economic impact comes to Central Florida annually due to the over 200 events, 115 conventions, and trade shows that also bring in 1.5 million attendees each and every year. And looking back over the past 20 years, I've probably attended no less than six conventions in the state of Florida. Our own company has held two or three. We've had two of them at the Champions Gate out off of I-4, which is an amazing property. But Florida is fully equipped to handle most of the conventions. But most of the visitors to the state go to one of the least the big four. Of course, the Mouse House with over 20 million visitors each year. O-Town Universal Studios, 11 million. Bush Gardens out in Tampa, 4 million. And then SeaWorld with Orca and all of its aquatic friends ringing in at about 4.5 million visitors each and every year. So there is still more to Florida beyond conventions and theme parks. And actually there is a whole lot more. But first we need to talk about the 500 pound elephant in the room, or shall I say the 500 pound elephant in the state and that is the Florida mindset. And I am the first person to pick on Florida. And why not? What other state has their own vocabulary? Of course, we have the term Florida man, which describes the bizarre and oftentimes idiotic Floridian behavior. And I bet you've never heard of a Florida happy meal, which is a beer pack of cigarettes and a handful of lottery tickets. Florida fuel we've talked about many times on the show is meth. And then, of course, my favorite is flow grown. And this is the fact that you were created and raised in Florida. Oftentimes, this is displayed on the back window of your pickup truck with your own very own official flow grown sticker. And for instance, just last month, this was a headline in the paper. A 32 year old Florida man is accused of wrestling with an alligator that he stole from a miniature golf course. That would be enough for most people, but no, in the case of this, after the golf course, he later tried to hurl the alligator onto the roof of a cocktail bar. People, you can't make this stuff up. And in my humble opinion, Florida is like no other state. The northern part is really no different than South Georgia. The west coast of Florida along the Gulf is heavily moneyed. The east coast and central part is where everybody in the north comes to retire. South Florida is nothing more than the wild, wild west. And then you throw in the Keys, which is full of pirates and those with a past looking to escape from it. And then between June and November, it's hurricane season, and that's a yearly roll of the dice. So back to our theme, what else is there to do in Florida? Here is another number for you, 663. And that's the number of miles along the Florida coastline that has beach access, some of which is public. And if you are moneyed, some of that is private beachfront property. I've lived in Florida off and on for over 25 years of my life, and I am a pasty white melanoma survivor. So take my beach advice with a grain of salt. But if you're a surfer, stay on the East Coast. Think New Smyrna or even Juno Beach, as well as the nice Ponce Inlet. But if you're also like me, and you enjoy a beautiful sunset accompanied by an adult beverage and possibly a cigar, visit Naples or consider going to Grassy Key. And while I could do a complete episode on the Keys, the Keys are very hypnotic. In my youth, we'd make our South Florida run down to Key West for the weekend. It was about a three or four hour drive. We'd hit the big four Keys on the way down, Largo, Isla Mirada, 
marathon in Big Bo Big Pine and stop at each bar and have a shot along the way. Like I said, this is a very hypnotic part of the state. But always by Sunday afternoon, all four of us would have discussions along the lines of we should stay down here, we can recycle aluminum cans, make hats out of the palm fronds. But then guess what? By Monday morning, we were all back at the work slaying the dragon. But if you do make it to Key West, make sure to check out the evening sunset celebration. It's filled with music and street performers. While in Key West, make sure to visit the Key West Garden Club. It's a beautiful garden paradise on the site of a former Civil War fort. It's free. If you want a tour of the Keys, you can take a ride on the conch train. If you're a treasure hunter, there's Mel Fisher's Maritime Museum. If you're a booze enthusiast, of course, there's Sloppy Joe's Bar. Uh, there's endless sources of fishing down there as well as snorkeling. If you drive to the Keys, which most people do, set aside a little bit of time for an evening or even a stop in at Bud and Mary's in Isla Mirada. You can watch the boats coming back into the dock at the end of the day of fishing. Enjoy the sunset. Enjoy a nice frosty Key West beverage. And one of my favorite trips to the Keys was in the mid-90s. I think on the way back, one of the guys laid out in the back of the pickup truck. And by the time we hit South Florida, he looked like a Florida Key lobster. And that just about covers the Keys. If you are into hiking, you're in luck, believe it or not. A lot of people didn't know this, but there is a, an 1,100-mile Florida trail beginning just west of Miami at Big Cypress Key and terminating up into the Pensacola area at Fort Pickens. If you're in the southwest part of the state, you can check out the Corkscrew Swamp Sanctuary. A relatively easy, probably two to three mile hike, most of which is on a boardwalk. Make sure you bring your camera. You'll have plenty of pictures for gators, all kinds of native Florida birds, and of course, plenty of cypress trees. And then not that far from Chateau Relaxo is the Big Bear Wilderness Loop. This is about a seven or eight mile loop trail. They actually do offer camping, but it does require some permits, which are free. And one of the things that we tend to do here quite a bit is a lot of day trips and some quick overnight trips. But oftentimes those trips are focused around the Florida Antique Trail. If you're a picker or you just like visiting antique stores, there are over 110 posted stores along the trail. If you didn't know it, there are over 30,000 lakes in Florida covering more than 3 million acres of land. Then add in the coastline and canals. It's easy to say that Florida is what you would call water-centric. If you do want some water entertainment and you don't live in Florida, there's two YouTube channels that will help you to get your fix. The first one is Wavy Boats, and I'll put links to this in the show notes. But Wavy Links or Wavy Boats focuses on nothing more than people navigating the Hullover Inlet and it's probably one of the most difficult inlets to get in and out of in the Florida area. There is also Miami boat ramps focusing on people trying to dock their boats and then back their trailer down into the water. That is one of the reasons that I do not have a boat is I do not want to deal with the chaos and headaches that comes with the boat ramp. I think I was talking to somebody the other day and they said it should take you no more than 90 seconds to back your truck and trailer down, grab your boat and get out of the way. If you're into the aquatic life that doesn't involve an inboard or an outboard motor, there is still plenty to do. There are no fewer than 100 places where you can kayak, canoe and even paddleboard. 
and that does not include kayaking, canoeing, and paddleboarding along the canals that run alongside most every single road in Florida. And actually what sold us on the location where we built Chateau Relaxo was a kayaking trip through Rock Springs Run probably 11 or 12 years ago. We're currently about three miles from the launch pad. It is a truly beautiful stretch of water that makes you forget that you are no more than 40 minutes away from the madness of the Mouse House, Universal Studios, and the airport. Another great hangout not too far from where we live is a place called Wakaiva Island. We talked about this. I think the CEO may have been on the episode for that one. It was episode 67. We spoke about one of our visits. And when you first roll into Wakaiva Island, it's very easy to be reminded of a cross between the bar and the movie Porky's if you're a child of the 80s or if you're a child of the, what, 2020s or even the 2000s, maybe the bar in the Florabama TV show. But do not let you fool you. Typically when we go there, we're there late morning and usually we're drinking before 11 a.m. Bloody Mary's for the CEO. And this Florida man usually is enjoying a Cigar City Florida Man double IPA. And being situated right alongside the water, there is plenty of canoe as well as kayak traffic. But typically that does not stop the egrets from visiting or even the otters from putting on quite the show. The bar is well stocked with what makes Florida, Florida. Several alligator skins mixed with some deer and fish mounts. I mean, this is the kind of place that John Anderson, the country singer, sings about. If you are not much of a barfly or barfly guy or gal and you're hanging out at Wakaiva, there is a beautiful dock area with about 25 Adirondack chairs just begging for you to take a rest in and watch the morning sun. If you're not much of a human-powered watercraft person but enjoy swimming, have no fear. There is an almost endless amount of springs throughout the states. Two of my favorite, Rainbow Springs up in Dunellen which offers hiking, camping, as well as swimming. And another local one is Wakaiva State Park, where again, you can hike, camp, swim, and bike. Take it from a local that the Wakaiva Springs Park fills up. I think we actually drove past the entrance the other day and traffic was backed up down the road at 7.30 in the morning, waiting to get in. And the park didn't open until about 9 a.m. If you love to fish, there is an equal amount of offshore as well as inshore opportunities. For offshore, you can do something as simple as drift boat fishing out of the South Florida area. I think Hillsborough Inlet has what used to be the Helen S. I think it's now the Fish City Pride. But for as little as 50 bucks, you and about 20 other strangers can take a four-hour drift fishing trip. And this is where they do nothing more than take you out into the ocean a little bit, turn the boat sideways, hand you a well-equipped fishing rod and reel, and you drift along. And the, the fun of it is that when somebody gets a fish on, if you don't reel your line in quick enough, their fish is going to tangle up the other 18 or 19 people's line that's on the boat. If you've got a little bit bigger budget, you can book a sport fishing trip or a charter and they start at about 400 bucks. Do your research as you want a charter that can put you on fish, as they say. And while there's no guarantee of that, read some of the reviews before you book. There's nothing worse than not catching fish on a crappy boat. If you're catching, not catching fish on a boat that's pretty well outfitted and equipped, it's not the worst of the things. One of my favorite saltwater trips was out of Isla Mirada. It was on a fly fishing day trip. We spent the few, first few hours of the day on the Atlantic coast chasing 
tarpon with absolutely no luck. So for the afternoon after lunch, we went back under the bridge and hit up the Gulf side, strapped on steel leaders and absolutely slayed the barracudas. Passing boaters thought we were out of our mind because nobody really goes after and tries to catch barracudas, but still one of the most favorite and memorable fly fishing trips that I've ever been in. If inshore fishing is your thing, you are also in luck. I grew up bass fishing the lakes and canals of South Florida. I am firmly convinced that the next world record bass will come out of the Florida area. I think the current record is still out of South Georgia, out of Perry, and has probably stood the test of time for, I'm going to say, probably 50 or 60 years. There's still plenty of bass down in South Florida, but there is also a handful of other crazy species. The first one is the peacock bass. This came over from Brazil probably in the mid-80s, and they are an absolutely beautiful fish. It's this mix of orange and green, red and yellow. Um, they put up an, an absolute amazing fight when they're caught. I think they actually started out in some of the lime pits down in the uh, South Florida area and have since migrated into the canals. The snakehead, probably the most aggressive and highly predatory fish in the world. This fish showed up about 20 years ago. Uh, they actually have snakefish tournaments where you take the snakefish out of the water and basically throw them up on the shore and let them just uh, have a slow and painful death in the South Florida sun. This is a cool fish I've never caught. It is the clown knife fish. It's probably one of the craziest looking freshwater fishes around. They have this metallic silver body with black dots similar to a redfish running down the whole dorsal side. Its pelvic fin runs the length of the body, and there's really not much of a tail fin to speak of. I have yet to catch one, but they are just this amazing looking creature. And of course, Oscars, right? We've all seen these at the pet store. They are all over the place, and they come from generally people that are moving and don't want to move a fish tank. They go down to the end of the street and dump their tank into the canal, or people just get tired of feeding them and do the same thing, walk down the street, and throw them into the canal. They're a cool little fish. They're beautiful colors. Uh, they put up a great fight, especially on some ultralight tackle. Another thing that you can do all over the state, I've talked about this many times, is geocaching. And if you're not familiar with geocaching, here's the cliff notes. It's basically treasure hunting for the 21st century. I first started about 15 years or so ago and started out with the old handheld GPS units where you'd actually plug in a set of uh, longitude and latitude coordinates and take off through the woods or through the city looking for the caches or what they call the geocaches. And the caches could be at the time, they were probably a little bit, a little bit more plentiful, a little bit bigger back then. Um, it, it really started out with take a trinket out of the box and leave something. And nowadays, most of it is just a logbook that you sign indicating that you've been there. But since then, it's evolved. Now there's an app for your phone. And since most smartphones have GPS, it's very easy. Florida offers its fair share of caches. Many of the state parks that I talked about earlier actually contain geocaching as well. And like I said, it's a lot of fun. We do it all the time when we're on vacation. If you're looking to kill an hour or so, it's easy to do. Like I said, open up the app, hit the position location so it knows where you're at, and then it will indicate what caches are close by. If you are a foodie, who isn't? And if you are a fan of the Triple D or the Diners Drive and Dives Guy Fieri show, 
there is north of 70 different destinations in the state. And when it comes to food, here's my take. If you insist on dining four or five star where they actually fold your napkin when you get up from the table and go to the bathroom and come back, then God bless you. I love that stuff, especially when somebody else is paying. But for most of us, a solid meal with a realistic price is the way to go. And I've visited at least 20 of these Triple D locations across the state. Unfortunately, many have closed. Havana Hideout that used to be up in Delray Beach. Some of the most amazing tacos that I've ever had. Benny Seafood used to make some mafongo down in Miami. Again, closed. Still open is the Whale's Rib right outside Hillsborough Inlet in uh, South Florida. When you go there, they have an amazing fish sandwich. Make sure to get an extra side order of whale juice. I'm not going to tell you what whale juice is, but make sure you ask them. And some of the best steak hoagies around is Sonny's Hoagies down in Hollywood. If you're still a foodie and looking for something a bit of a step up from Triple D's, if you're in Tampa, make sure to check out Burns Steakhouse. The steaks are amazing, but when you go to Burns, you really want to go visit their dessert room. Also in Tampa is Charlie's Steakhouse. And while it has steak in the name, Charlie's has probably the best pork chops I've ever eaten. I've talked about this next place several times, Todd English's Blue Zoo, located inside the Swan and Dolphin uh, on Disney property. Hands down the most expensive meal that I've ever eaten. I think by the time they handed the bill over and we did the math, dinner was well over $200 per person. This was at a Gartner convention. Thankfully, I wasn't paying the bill, but really good food, solid food. Don't think I would go there on my own dime. If you're in Jacksonville, you can visit the Terra Gaucho Brazilian Steakhouse. And Terra Gaucho translates to Gaucho Land Brazilian Steakhouse. And if you don't have a pair of those loose-fitting gauchos, at least wear something with an elastic waistband. If you've never been to a Brazilian Steakhouse, this is where they just keep bringing you food and food and food until you finally tap out and said, I've had enough. Fogo de Chao is one, uh, Texas Day Brazil is another one, but Terra Gaucho is probably one of the better Brazilian steakhouses that I've ever been to. If you're still looking for things to do, if you've ever seen in the Bahamas, you can swim with pigs. If you happen to be in the Crystal River part of Florida, you can swim with what we call the sea cow or the manatees for right around 80 bucks. If you're into having big giant jet airplane engines just a mere four or five feet behind your head, you can take one of the numerous airboat trips around the state. There's find them down on Lake Okeechobee. You can find them out through the Everglades, but what a great time to go cruising across the river of grass, checking out all of the native Florida wildlife, alligators. You'll even see some of the deer out through that way and possibly a Florida panther. If you're near Titusville, and you're into launching rockets since SpaceX has pretty much taken over the launch pads of Kennedy Space Center. You can watch a launch if one's being scheduled. If you're into machine guns and you want to shoot one, you can actually visit Machine Gun America. And I don't think you get a better sounding American name than Machine Gun America. You can go in there and shoot machine guns until your heart's content or you run out of money because it is not cheap. And back to gators, if you are into gators, which I still think they are one of the most amazing creatures I've ever seen. And if you're in Florida, you'll often hear people say, are there gators? More than likely, if it's a lake or if there's water, there's a gator close by. But you can visit the Everglades Alligator Farm and pet some of the small ones. 
If you're into lighthouses, there's no less than 29 lighthouses up and down the coast. So quite simply, Florida is well beyond the four major theme parks, well beyond the beaches. It just takes a little bit of planning. And a lot of this stuff doesn't take a lot of money. You know, when you look at what it costs, and we've talked about this in the past for a family of four at the mouse house, you're looking at basically opening up your wallet and just saying, here, take my cash. Well, there you have it. If you want detailed show notes, links, pictures, head over to podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. That's podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. Leave me a message on Anchor. Shoot me an email, travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. As I always say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening.